Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Amad HaMasechah's Baruchas is Lamed Dalad, Amad Aleph 34a. We're going to begin at the Mishnah, three lines from the top of Lamed Dalad, Amad Aleph. And we're going to have three sections in today's learning. The first section, the Gemara is going to talk about if a person made a mistake in his Shemayin Esrei. Specifically, he skipped a bracha. We'll see there's different ways that this could be potentially fixed or not. We'll get to that. The second section we're going to deal with is the different um, halachas relating to the order of the Shemayin Esrei and, and related halachas. And the final section will discuss the times in the Amidah that we're supposed to bow. We'll see there's a distinction between a regular person, a Kohen Gadol, and a king. Bezer's Hashem, let's get started at the Mishnah, three lines from the top of Lamed Dalet Amud Aleph. Now, this Mishnah begins with a sentence that is in parentheses, but we're going to read it in. Some take it out because they think that it, per- it perhaps should be in the previous Mishnah. In many versions of Mishnah, this doesn't appear altogether. But the Mishnah says, Somebody that says, the good ones should bless you, Hashem, this is the way of Minus. Minos means heresy or the heretics, which refers to the early Christians. Min is actually ma'amin yeshu noitzri. That's what it's brought down. Those who believed in yeshu noitzri. So if somebody says the good ones should bless you, this is inappropriate. It's like those early Christians. What's the issue? Because we know that when it comes to tefillah, we need even the Rishayim to participate. That's why on uh, Yom Kippur, we daven, we say even to include the avrayanim, because you need to include even the sinners. So therefore, this is the inappropriate thing to say. Again, this could go more into the last Mishnah where we spoke about quieting somebody. So really, this is where the Mishnah would begin for our Indian. Let's see. So now, you have a situation like this. Somebody gets up to Davin for the Yomud. Accidentally, in his Chazar Sashats, he skips a bracha. So instead of saying the eighth bracha in the Amidah, he says the ninth. Okay? And then he's confused and he doesn't know how to get back to his Amidah. So in this moment, the mission is going to tell us, we replaced him. Let's see that inside. Somebody was davening, he passed in front of the ark, means he was the chazin. He makes a mistake, and he, and he can't get back to his shmoy So he said the ninth bracha instead of the eighth. It could be another type of mistake also, but that's just I'm illustrating based on how we'll learn in the Gemara. Another person should take over in his stead, meaning he should, he should descend, and someone else continues the chazar sashatz. And that second individual should not refuse at this time. At this time, the tzibur is waiting for the Chazar Zashatz to continue. It wouldn't be a covet for the tzibur, for the tefillah, for him to start refusing. We'll see in the Gemara there is an element of refusal that's appropriate, but not in this time. Why doesn't he just go back one bracha? He's too confused. He can't figure it out. Sometimes sometimes a person is just uh, overwhelmed, Amos at Zivor, he can't figure it out. Happens sometimes, you know, uh, could, what's it could. called? Um, yeah, no, if he could, he could, Lechaira. What's the name? For Mish, but no, no, when you're public speaking, what's it called? Um, when somebody just, the, like you freeze up. He, he froze up, he, could, he couldn't get back to it. So you need to replace him. Everyone's waiting, replace him. And he shouldn't refuse. So where should the second fellow pick up from? He shouldn't Ma- refuse to be let down? Or no, the second fellow shouldn't, shouldn't refuse the encouragement up. to get up. He should just go up. Or we'll see in the Gemara, there is a, a sarvanus that's actually appropriate, but not in this context. 
Where does the second fellow pick up from? The beginning of the bracha that the first fellow made a mistake. So just to illustrate what that would mean, l'chaira is, is if the first fellow skipped the bracha, the other fellow will go back to the bracha he skipped and pick up from there because he made such a mistake. What do we doing? Stage fright. Thank you. That's what I was thinking of. Beautiful. He got, he got it furmished. Exactly. He, he got it. That's it. Beautiful. Now let's go further in the Mishnah. This is just a general halacha. However, lefnei ateva. This is a very famously known halacha also. If somebody is the chazan, lo yana amin achara kohanim. He is not supposed to answer amen when the kohanim are dochening. Why? Lefnei atiruf. Because it could cause him to become confused and not know how to get back to his chazaros hashatz and then he'll uh, it'll ruin his... I don't know if we pass in this way. It's very well. Let's finish the Mishnah. The imein sham koyin elohu. If he's the only koyin, so it turns out the chazan is the only koyin in shul. Lo yisai kapov. He should not do birkas koyhanim again because doing so it'll cause him to become confused and not be able to get back to the chazaras shatz. But if he's confident that he's not going to get confused and he could do Birkas Koyhanim and get back to his tefillah properly, Rashai, he is allowed. I believe that's what we do. I believe that's what we do. Someone else in the tzibur, I believe the Allah is... He, 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 he leads. Someone else leads, right, right, right. and he'll act as the Kohen, and then afterwards he'll go back to being Chazar Sashat. Even if other Kohan, if he joins the other Kohan. I believe, right. but, that's, but again, that's because Haftachas Shehu, he's confident. Right, if he's right. not, and it'll mess up Chazar Sashat, he's not allowed to. Okay, so we're going to focus in on this issue of Sarvanus first in the Gemara. Tanaravana, you're a Gavai, so this, this is something very Nogeya. <laughs> Tanaravana, the Vraisa says like this, Zakta Gemara, one who is asked to lead the davening needs to refuse. Okay? But, if he does not refuse at all, it's like a dish without salt. Meaning, it's, 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 it's gaiva. It's a little bit inappropriate. You shouldn't immediately say yes. You should refuse a little bit. But if he refuses too much, it's like a dish that was burnt by the salt. It means it was too much salt that killed the dish. So if you refuse too much, it's also inappropriate. So what is the appropriate thing then? When the Gaba comes over to you, what's the appropriate thing? The first time you're asked, now it doesn't mean three different occasions, it means the same time. The first time you should refuse. Shnia. He asks you a second time. Mahavev. Mahavev means you should waver. Means you shouldn't refuse outright, but you shouldn't say I'm going to go up yet. Shlishis. The third time, Poishinis Raglavi Yorid. He should stretch out his legs and descend. It says Yorid because it used to be the Chazan would stand in a lower place than the Tzibur. From the Pasuk in Tehillim, Mima'amakim Kirosicha Hashem. From the depths I call out to you. But the point is, what do we see from here? One second. Before that, the point, we, the point is, what do we see? We see you are supposed to refuse to some degree. At least, tw- seemingly twice, to s- and the third time you're supposed to agree. Now, yeah, but that, that, uh, I mean, what happens? I mean, we, we all know what happens is that, let's say, a small group of, let's say, in a group of twenty, four or five people are the ones that are asked to daven all the time, yeah. and they feel it should be <coughs> distributed. It's good, yeah. So it's like it's not like you're refusing. It's like you know. Uh, how about the other people? So oh, I would add to that also is if it's a tircha de tzibura issue. You don't want everybody waiting. Yeah. Meaning, if you look around, there's no one else <laughs> refusing. You're just creating an issue for everyone. So we're talking about maybe if you're asked before the davening really begins, yeah, and, then, and you have the yeah. ability to. But otherwise, like we said, lo yeh sarvan is if it's going to cause right. the middle of chazar sashats for sure. But even stam right. kabbalah shabbos is supposed to start, right. and everyone's right. waiting. Right. And right. I'm not sure this the worst, would be. The worst is yeah. If you, if someone's not 
Volunteering, volunteering is a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> it's not a fun, by the way, just, yeah, in terms of your note, you remember shuls that were like that, huh? Sure, there was, but I remember it was lower. It was below. In the depth, like right. Yeah. Some shuls still have it. So why don't we do that now? I don't know. I guess they just started building shuls differently. I don't know. You're right. Yoyred. Yoyred. And the Gimbalibraisa continues on this note. There's three things that in a large amount is, is negative, but in a small amount is positive. These are them. So yeast. If you put a little bit of yeast, the dough develops properly. A lot of yeast kills the, kills the challah. Umelach salt. A little bit of salt brings out the flavor. Too much salt. It's, it's not good. And three, visarvanus. What? Yeah, it's amazing, right? This Sarvanus. <laughs> and Sarvanus refusal. A little bit of refusal is appropriate. Beyond that, it would be inappropriate. Now we get into a specific halacha of um, mistake. So like this. We've, we've spoken about this many times. It's actually, I'll tell you after the shir, there's something in this parsha that Mamish ties into this. We know that there's three sections of the Amida. We have the first section, which is the first three brachas. Avais, Givurais, and Kedushais. Right? which is when we praise Hashem. Then we have the next section, which is the 13 middle brachas, really 12 initially, but then Lamashinim, which is bakashas, we ask for things. And then the third section is Ritzay, and then the rest of the Amidah, the three last brachas, which is like taking permission, as we'll speak out later, saying thank you to Hashem. Fine. We have, both Rav Huna and Rav Chizda are going to agree here, or Vasi, excuse me, are going to agree here. The first section and the third section are deemed one unit, which means... If a person makes a mistake in those sections, he actually has to go back to the beginning and not just correct the bracha that he messed up. So just to illustrate, if he skips the second bracha and goes to the third, he has to go back to the first lechara. It's like considered one section. In the middle section, we're going to have a machlokas. Very interesting. If a fellow was up to bracha uh, seven, he did bracha seven in the middle section of Shemones, right? And instead of saying eight, he did nine. Now what does he do? So we're going to have two shittas here. We're going to learn this sugya like Rashi. There's going to be an insertion. Tosfus learns differently. We're not going to mention Tosfus now, but let's learn like Rashi. So let's see this inside. Amar Rav Huna. Rav Huna says like this. If a person makes a mistake in one of the first three brachas, which is the first section, he has to go back to the beginning of the section, which is the beginning of Shemona Esrei. If he makes a mistake in the middle 13, he has to go back to the first of those brachas, which is Atachonin. If he makes a mistake in the last section, the last three, so he has to go back to the beginning of that section, which is Ritzay. He has to go back to the first of the last brachas. So Ravuna says the three sections are, are the same in nature. It's one unit each. If you make a mistake, you skip a bracha, go back to the beginning of that section. Ravasi, Ravasi argues, Ravasi Omar, the first and third sections I agree, but the middle ones, they don't have an order. So Rashi learned, what does that mean? Ein Len Seder means, let's say he, was, he said the seventh bracha, yeah. he skipped the eighth and said the ninth. Mm -hmm. So what he'll do now is he'll say the eighth and then the, and then the tenth. Yeah, right, right. You hear that? Ein Len Seder means there's an ideal order of the brachas, but if you skip, it's okay to say them out of order. That's how Rashi learns. This is how Rashi learns. Tyson learns differently, we're going to go with Rashi. Masif Rav Sheish, Rav Sheish posed the question, and we're going to see this is really a question on Ravasi and Rav Huna. Our Mishnah said that if you have the first chazan who made a mistake, let's say, let's learn how the Gemara is going to understand it, which means he skipped the bracha. So he skipped the bracha. 
So you replace him with a second chazan. Where does the second chazan begin from? So the Mishnah said, The beginning of the bracha, that this one made a mistake. Now, the implication, I'm going to learn in with the Mesorah Sashas, like Rashi learns here, which is not exactly the gears we have in front of us, but it's like this. The implication is like this. The first chazan made a mistake. He skipped bracha 8 and said bracha 9. The Mishnah says the second chazan has to go back to the bracha where the error was done. He skipped eight. He has to say eight and continue from eight forward, eight, nine, ten. So let's add in the Mesorah Sashas now. I'm going to add in which it doesn't say in the Gemara. Tiyufta de Rav Asi. This is a refutation to Rav Asi. Because Rav Asi said the middle brachas luchar don't have a necessary order. And therefore, even though it was skipped, you could just continue. What's the difference? No, what's, no, so that's the question. Lachari, it doesn't make a difference with one person or two. The point is our Mishnah would imply you go 8, 9, 10, and Ravasi was saying, no, you eight, could ten, skip nine. 9, goes to 9, 8, 10. It's not a problem. So the Gemara says, Tiyufta de Ravasi, I'm adding in the Maseras Hashas, and then the Gemara says, Lema de Ravhuna. Maybe it's also a question on Ravhuna, because the implication is he goes back to the bracha that was skipped, but he doesn't have to go back to the beginning of the section. So it seems to be a kasha on Rav Huna as well, because Rav Huna said, go it's all one section, go back to Atachonim. So lema tiyavit yifta de Rav Huna as well. So amalecha Rav Huna, it is a kasha on Ravasi. But Rav Huna could answer, no. When it says go back to the bracha that was mistaken, the middle ones are all considered one bracha. Since it's all one unit, when it says go back to the bracha that was messed up, what does it really mean? Go back to Atachainen. So therefore, actually, Rav Huna could interpret the Mishnah with his shita, although Ravasi is ultimately refuted. Very interesting. Let's continue out of the second section. New, new, new point here. And this gets into the order of how Chazal set up Shmaina Esrei. Amar of Yehud, I just had a ha'ar from this week's parsha. I'll tell you after we see this. Rebuda says, beautiful idea. He says like this, person shouldn't ask for his needs in the first three or the last three brachas. Rather, in the middle 13. Where do we know this from? Amar the first three is like a servant who organizes the praises in front of his master. That's... Uh, Avais, Givurais, Kedushais, it's praising Hashem. The middle 13 is the servant who asks for uh, his, his payout. He asks for what he needs from his master. Achroinus, the last three, it's like a servant who has received what he needs, and then he asks permission to leave and he goes on his way. So he says, Thank you, and he goes on his way. That's the last three brachas. I just want to tell you something very interesting. I'm going to maybe speak about this in Shabbos a little bit. In this week's Parsha, we have time, we could, we could go a little off. In this week's Parsha, when Yaakov meets up with Paro, he first blesses Paro. He then talks about how old he is, and then he blesses Paro again. So the first time he blesses Paro, Rashi tells us it's like She'elah Shalom. When you meet up with an, a king, you inquire about their welfare. The second time he blesses him at the end, he, it's not al rishus. He was taking permission and then departing. So it's very interesting. It seems that Yaakov did a similar strategy in meeting up with Paro, who was a king. Also, it was like a rabbo, a king. Is that there was an initial, to some degree, praise or some sort of a. At the end, there was also a bracha, which was in that context taking permission and then leaving. But what comes out very interesting is in the middle section, they're talking about how old Yaakov is and his old age. The Rishonim learn. That lechar is not being mevakish what you need. That is something altogether different. So I'm working on a little bit how to figure that out. But it seems to be that it correlates in a certain way to what we just said 
how the order of Shmon Esri was set up correlating to how you'd talk to a king. Very interesting. Something to think about. There are two things. One, one is that uh, Pharaoh is saying, Pharaoh knew when Yaakov is going to be there, uh, he's going to get a bracha. So Yaakov gives him a bracha. Yeah. But he figures, this guy looks like he's going to drop dead any time. So it's another bracha? No, it's just how old are you? Right. So how, how much life do you have? I mean, I'm going to get a bracha while you're here, but I, I don't think it's going to be a long bracha. So he says, no, 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 don't worry. I'm going to be around. My, my uh-huh. forefathers... They were around a long time. I hear. And then he gives a bracha. Okay, that's interesting. They, they didn't do this avoid the word Ziskin. Not Ziskin. He'll get to me. That um, he has a word on why is it that uh, he, he, he says it on, on Soros. Um, Hashem changes, you know, that what Soros said. You know what, let's, let's finish, because I don't want to go too off yeah. topic, but yeah. just something to think of. We could talk about it after. I think it's an interesting ha'ara there. Is if you don't believe that a bracha is, is good, then it's not going to be chal. So I that's hear? why Yaakov has to give him a second bracha. I hear, I hear. He does it this, good. Ephraim Menashe is one example, good. and mm-hmm. Sarah is another example. I hear, good, so that's, good. That's good. Let's go back to I, I want to talk about it after, but let's let's finish up the Gemara here. So Tan Rabbanu, the Gemara tells us a b'risa relating to this. Klein, you're going to appreciate this. There was a story that a certain student was davening in front of Rabbi Eliezer. It seems like he was the shatz. It seems like he was the chazan. And he was he had a longa longa chazarasa shatz, a lot of chazanas. So Amr le talmidov. So the student said to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbeinu, our master, kama arkanuza. This is a long davening. This is too much. So Amr lehem, Rabbi Eliezer said back, Is it longer than Maish Rabbeinu when he davened? For 40 days to save the Jewish people from the Egel. We know it says, Moshe says, I daven for you for 40 days and 40 nights after the sin of the Egel Azov. So therefore, it's appropriate to daven along Shmon Esri, no problem. There was another story with a student. He was the Chazan in front of Eliezer. Who was, who was the other one? Also the same, the same, the same, exactly, the same person. And he davened a very short Chazar Sashat. So Amrli Talmidah, so the student said to Eliezer, he's davening such a short Shmonesri, it also seems inappropriate. So Amrli said back to his students, the same person, is there anyone who did shorter than Moshe? When Miriam was stricken with Saras, it says, Hashem heal her please, which is a very short tefillah. So Eliezer was bringing out that depending on the circumstance, it's appropriate to have a long Chazar Sashat or a short one. So the Mepharshim I'll deal with here is perhaps in the first circumstance where he was davening on behalf of all the Jewish people to save them, a long Shemayna Esrei or a long Tefillah was necessary. The second, when the Jews were waiting or Miriam was waiting, a short Amida would have also been necessary. But what would emerge then is, you know, if someone gets up and he davens and it's appropriate, the Chazanus is okay. It's a, but on the other hand is if it's not appropriate, you should be Mekatzer. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's to be, uh, it has to be to the point, right? Also, a very interesting point. Anybody that davens on behalf of his friend, he does not need to mention his friend's name for it to be effective. Like it says, Moshe didn't say, heal Miriam. He just said, Davin Hashem, please heal her. But like Hamat Kirshma de Miriam, he never mentioned her name. So I saw some of Farshim learn this is specifically when you're davening in front of the Chola. 
if you're in front of the chole, so you don't need to mention the name. Otherwise, you should. What I found very interesting is that you know, like we, we you get a mishaberach, and then the guy is ta- mentioning every name of his sixteen and a thousand grandchildren and people in shul and all this. The Gemara here says you don't need to mention the name in the brachas, and that's by when you're davening. Mishaberach. I mean, it's a, it's a nice yeah. thing, but to, to <laughs> it's not so necessary, perhaps, to mention every name of every person that he's ever known. You know, <laughs> who, who mentioned the other days? Every name you, you, you say, you should have to pay a certain amount of yeah. money. <laughs> it would shorten the mishaberach. <laughs> All right, let's finish up. It's under and the price is like this. Let's talk about bowing. Final section here. These are the brachas that a person has to bow in Shemayna Esrei four times. The first brach of Avos in the beginning and end. So with the beginning of Avos and the end of Avos, we bow. Mm-hmm. Also in Maidim, beginning and end, we also bow in Shemayna Esrei. This was established by Chazal. If he wants to bow in the beginning and end of every bracha, sorry, the end and beginning of every blessing, we teach him not to bow. That was not ordained by Chazal. We don't do that. Tais was actually pointed out before when we said that Rabbi Yaqib used to do a lot of bowings, that he was perhaps according to one sheet doing it in middle of the brachas. That wouldn't necessarily be a problem. But in terms of the brachas themselves, there's only four places, not other Baruch Atah Hashem's. No one, nowhere else are you allowed to. Amr Rabbi Shimon ben Pazim. We have two versions of this. Amr Rabbi Shimon ben Pazim. Amr Rabbi Shimon ben Levi. Mishum Bar Kapara. And this is this is regardless, shots or individual, right? You yes, yes. We're going to say exceptions now, but yes. So the first version goes, An ordinary person, shots. All these people. It's it's only those four times that we mention. However, when it's a Kayan Gadol, he has to bow at the end of every bracha. The king has to bow at the beginning and end of every bracha. Now the logic is, because the greater a person is, the more he has to show that he is subjugated to Hashem. A person is more subject to Gaiva, perhaps. So therefore, the greater you are, the more you need to bow down during Shemona Esrei, showing your Achna, perhaps it's this is the second version of the Psaq we just said. Again, a normal person, it's only the four times like we said. Koyen Gadol, Tchila, and the Gra adds in Visaif. The Koyen Gadol is the beginning and end of every blessing. Hamelech, but the king, Kivan Shekara, Shuv Ein Zaykif, in a Zaykif. The king, once he bows down in the beginning of the Amida, he doesn't lift up his head, he doesn't ascend from his bowing for the entire Amida. Like the Pasuk says, when Shleim HaMelech Davins, that the, wall, the doors should open, allowing the Arun into the Beis HaMikdash. And he's davening when he, when he built the Beis HaMikdash. It was when Shlomo finished davening, etc. And it says, after he finished davening, he got up from in front of the Mizbeach, from being bowing down, prostrating on his knees. So the point is, we see the entire davening that he did, Shlomo Melch, who was a king, was bowing to Hashem. So we have two versions, basically. The first version says that a Kohen Gadol should bow down at the end of every blessing. The second version says, beginning and end. The first version says that the king should bow down beginning and end. And the second version says he bows down the entire Amida, he doesn't get up till the end. All right, we'll stop here. Top of Lamed Adam Abbas, Bez Hashem, we'll pick up tomorrow with Lamed Adam Abbas. Everyone have a wonderful day.